This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And now. The rest stop. Brad Restituto. Comes up to the pocket. Fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay up. Oh my God. Oh my God. Welcome to the Rest Stop. It's April 22nd, 2021. I'm Brad Restituto. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brad the Believer. You can check out the show live on twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football every Tuesday and Thursday, 9 o'clock Pacific time. With me as always, Spencer Ostrowski. Follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. His YouTube channel, Blue Milk Boys Gaming. My YouTube channel, Brad the Believer. You can check out all the Rest Stop podcast content and we'll have some new stuff for you here in the upcoming weeks to have some good ideas some good tidbits that we'll get to some entertaining stuff to add to the youtube channel so make sure you like and subscribe to all those we've got a good sports show for you tonight mixed along with uh some controversial stuff as lebron james of course the big story with his tweet coming down after some more police and social controversy here in the united states and then briefly after we talked about on tuesday the Derek Chauvin trial and conviction, the Minneapolis cop found guilty. But we'll talk about LeBron James's tweet in a little bit, and we'll get some strong opinions from myself and Spencer. But before we do that, we'll also hit NBA tonight. Some good NBA action. Of course, always the Thursday doubleheader on TNT. We'll talk about those games. We'll talk about the previous games. We'll talk about the New York Knicks eight-game winning streak. Spencer the Wiz, they are on fire. New York Knicks fans are some of the most passionate fans in the entire sports landscape, and they are steaming with heat as the Knicks have won eight in a row, and they finally look like they have life for the first time in many, many years under head coach Tom Thibodeau, doing a fantastic job with these guys. A lot of guys that you wouldn't expect to carry a team into the playoffs with the type of momentum that they have at this point in the season, led by all-star Julius Randle. They are playing some fantastic basketball and deserve tons and tons of credit. And just imagine, Spence, if they would have done like you said, and instead of drafting Obi Toppin out of Dayton, the player that plays the same position, as Julius Randle, and maybe took your guy Tyrese Halliburton, who is certainly in the discussion for Rookie of the Year. They may be uh, a team that certainly nobody would want to face in the first round, and possibly the second and third round, uh, they're playing that good, Spence. So before we get into all the highlights and discussion, let's start this show off talking about the New York Knicks' eight-game winning streak. Uh, yeah, so absolutely. They play really hard for each other. I mean, When they played Brooklyn recently, they talked about how it was a full team effort, not just the top three guys. Although I don't think that's really fair to say to the Nets because their rotational players actually play really hard for them. But Julius Randle is going to probably make all NBA this year. That's how good he is. And he, his contract will be up soon. I was talking with my buddy today who's a Knicks fan, like what his contract is going to be like. He's going to get paid quite a bit of money. He's been healthy all season. He's probably going to win most improved player of the year on top of all NBA. I think he's going to go somewhere in the 30 million range. Uh, but, you know, just for the context of this season, I mean, you have the top powerhouses of the East. You have the 76ers, arguably, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Nets. Outside of that, I think anybody can make a deep run because the Heat 
are so up and down all the time. And even then, the Knicks, like, have not played down to the Nets, who we all know, like, are not healthy. We always say if they're healthy, they're going to walk through the fi- like to the finals, and I agree, but that has not been the case so far. The Big Three's only played seven games this season, and with James Harden's setback, they, he may not make his next debut uh, with the his rest of his teammates until the playoffs, like game two, perhaps, not even like before the playoffs start. We don't know where that's at. Uh, other than that, I would say Milwaukee probably is the best chance, but the Knicks, I think, easily could find themselves in somewhere like a conference final this year. I don't believe it, that in that much in any one Eastern team. Spence, in one of the biggest games of the season for the Knicks last night, they go to overtime in a high-scoring affair. Another very hot team mm, since the coaching you. chase. You did. You called it, Spence, and they win in overtime. They outscore the Atlanta Hawks last night 15-5 to in OT, and the Knicks win 137-27. You talked about Julius Randle, all-NBA prospect, which is certainly up for high consideration. Has 40 points, 12 of 13 from the free-throw line, 11 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 steal. Uh, also contributing in that next lineup since he's been healthy. Reggie Bullock, another nice game. He had 18 points. R.J. Barrett, we talked about him. He's got 16. He's starting to come into his own. Obi Toppin, the rookie, still not doing doing pretty much absolutely nothing on this roster. As Tom Thibodeau has got his rotation flowing, it inc- in, in, includes Isaiah Quigley, who played 30 minutes last night, scored 20 points. Derek Rose, who scored in double figures, I believe, the last 10 games that he's played in, had 20 points, 8 to 12 from the field. He's playing great ball. Spence getting 30 minutes a game. They've got a nice rotation going on here, Spence, with their depth and their starting lineup. I know you're not a big Alfred Payton fan, but he's getting mixed in, mostly getting overtaken with minutes from Quigley and Rose, which is a nice little depth aspect there because even if you don't love Alfred Payton he's blowing these guys <laughs> that was a terrible pun on words <laughs> but he's giving these guys a break <laughs> right. he's giving these guys a break at key opportune times because we know Tom Thibodeau likes to play his guys big time minutes so I really like what Thibodeau is doing here in New York and they're Look, you can say what you want. You can say whatever you want about any roster in this league, top to bottom. These are all NBA guys, every single player. I don't care if it's the garbage Oklahoma City Thunder roster. All of these guys are NBA talent, and they can beat anybody on any given night. And we know with injuries and with COVID, anything's possible. And with Thibodeau coaching the way he's coaching, the Knicks last night shot 20-25 from the free throw line, 80%, 19-35 from beyond the arc, 54%. Those type of numbers and the type of defense that Thibodeau is going to want from from his team come playoff time, it's going to be fun to watch. We saw what the Heat did last year uh, and, and the New York Knicks. We saw, If you didn't see it, Stephen A. Smith had quite a rant uh, today, just really, really fired up about his Knicks uh, winning eight in a row. And Spence, I said it, you know you're a part of a Knicks chat. These are some of the most passionate fans in the entire world. Just imagine if they were allowed in full capacity at the Garden. This is fantastic for the NBA, for the city of New York, and for Knicks basketball. And I'm excited to see how far Thibodeau, Julius Randle, and the Knicks can take this. Yeah, and I have some highlight packages from Julius Randle. Julius Randle uh, Julius, uh, Randall recently, his he's doing it all. I mean, he's shooting over 40% from three, which is ridiculous. And a lot of these are not easy shots. Yesterday during that Hawks game, he had a crazy turnaround. Take a look at this. That pretty badly bruised. Says it doesn't affect his sight, but he wants to wear the goggle to protect it. It's because he can't shoot it and see those ghastly shoes he's wearing. <laughs> Julius Randall nails his first three-pointer. Red hot. It, it's still, to me, quite staggering that the Knicks are sixth in the NBA in three-point percentage. What was supposed to be a weakness of this team. Randall off the glass is good. The kid from USC it was the sixth overall selection. Randall, little double clutch. Seven points for Randall. He's a legitimate all-star player, Clyde. Yeah, yeah, he knows the game. He can do every aspect. We, we mentioned he leads him in dishing switching. Also, the four rebounds has to improve his defense. Julius Randall with a three. His heart is percolating now, folks. The world's most famous arena. Shot is good from Julius Randle. Tough angle. Back into the hands of Randle. They're going to double him. Randle drives, gets inside, falling away. Got it! Julius Randle puts the next up by two. Barrett dribbles. Back to Randle. Randle on the drive, gets inside. Layup is good! Julius Randle puts it in. And the next... Yeah, he's getting it done. When he shoots the three like that from anywhere on the court, the corner, the left wing... 
he's so strong inside. He's really kind of that uh, Zach Randolph type of player that we used to see. But with the athleticism like that on top of it, he's proving that he's pretty special, which is cool to see. I mean, he had a lot of hype coming into the NBA. I uh, got bounced around for a while. Like he looked like his career was really on the downslope, and now he's all the way back up. He had that injury his rookie year, Spence. So we had to b- bounce back from that with the Lakers. And, and maybe you could do some deep diving, Spence. It, it may take you a while uh, to scroll through my Twitter. But many years ago, uh, very early on in Julius Randle's career, I was very high on him, saying that he was going to be the bigger star of him and Brandon Ingram. And most people would not have thought that would be the case here in the last couple of years. I am not surprised. I predicted he would be a double-double machine. You know how I like to pat myself on the back. I called it with the Steelers' demise. Uh, I've talked about it with the Phoenix Suns in the NBA. Their trajectory, very high upwards, could be competing for a number one seed in the NBA. I talked about Julius Randle. I will be right in my Mac Jones prediction. Uh, I am just, at times, a machine of uh, talent evaluation. And Spencer the Wiz, right here with Julius Randle, this guy... It's hard for some people to wrap their mind around. This guy is going to lead this franchise. The New York Knicks franchise, this guy can be the face of uh, for the next five years or so. And can we say Thibodeau building a team around Julius Randle? Well, it looks very successful up to this point because you have nobody else really um, that stands out to you besides R.J. Barrett. Obi Toppin is getting no minutes, Spence. You're getting minutes from Isaiah Quigley, Derek Rose. I can't think off the top of my head. It may take me uh, some time to think who I'd, else I'd want to pair with via draft or free agency with Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett to maybe put this team over the top. I'd like – we're talking – Mitchell Robinson's not even healthy right now. He's somebody uh, that can give you some defense down low. But like you said, the way Randle's shooting the three ball, it's quite impressive. And what I really liked about him when he's healthy, Spence, from the beginning, he's got nice energy. His size is perfect, perfect basketball size to be as versatile as he is. He's extremely versatile. Uh Look, 12 of 13 from the line last night, that's awesome. Guys that, you know, we're talking about elite guard numbers from the free throw line and three-point range. And this guy is able to do it at both ends of the floor. He's got the perfect size, body, and athleticism to do whatever he wants on the floor. Very similar to Zion Williamson. Of course, Julius is more skilled with his shots, outside shots at this point. Um, But, man, I really like the combination of Julius Randle, Tom Thibodeau, some of the veteran leadership with Derrick Rose, R.J. Barrett. We've talked about him playing better. And I, I can't say it enough. The New York fan base is some of the most passionate fan base in the entire world. To have the Knicks back in the playoffs with the possibility of fans in the garden is great for the NBA, and it's great for the New York Knicks. So, Spence, let's hit the rest of the scores of last night's action and see if anything stands out to either of us here. A game that we talked about really uh, not of any importance come playoff time. The Cavs beat the Bulls 121-105. Colin Sexton had 30 for Cleveland last night. The Thunder are in tank mode. Uh, surprisingly, the Pacers barely get past them 122-116, only a seven-point victory. Malcolm Brogdon, a nice double-double with 29 points and 15 boards for Indiana. The Suns, they get another win last night, and we talked about how we think that the 76ers come playoff time could be pretenders. Well, they lost at home last night to the Suns, 116-113. Chris Paul, 28 points, 8 assists. The Suns, forty as of last night, 42 wins on the season and are fighting for a top-two seed in the Western Conference. The Warriors have been playing great, but they're still right around 500. They lose last night to the Wizards, who have played better in the second half of the season. And if they have a chance to play in one of these playing games, they are going to be a lot to handle. Brad Beal had 29 points and 10 rebounds last night as the Wizards beat the Warriors 118-114. Uh, the Nets, they lose to the Raptors last night 114-103. Kyrie Irving had 28 points, 11 rebounds in the loss. And, of course, no Kevin Durant, no James Harden. We just talked about Knicks Hawks from last night. Uh, the Jazz handled the Houston Rockets easily and moved their league-leading 44-15 and record uh, and, and improved that record last night to 44 victories. Rudy Gobert had 19 points, 18 rebounds in the win for Utah. The Mavericks uh, in a back-to-back tonight during the second half of the TNT doubleheader. Last night, they beat the Pistons 127-117. Luka had 30 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists last night. The Heat, they got a win last night in San Antonio by 20, 107-87. Bam Adebayo, 23 points, 8 rebounds last night for the Heat's victory. The Clippers last night, they beat your Grizzlies, Spence, 117-105. Luke Kennard had 28 points for the Clippers, and John Morant, 22 points 
and six boards for the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies still won game over 500 and still in the mix for that play-in game in the Western Conference that will be between the 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th seed. Four teams will be battling out for two spots in each conference. The Nuggets last night get another win by one over the Portland Trail Blazers, 106-105. Nikola Jokic had 25 points, nine rebounds. Damian Lillard, 22 points in the loss for Portland. And to cap it off of last night's action, the Kings, they avenged their loss the night before to the T-Wolves. They win 128-125 over Minnesota. Buddy Hill, 29 points for the Kings. Spence, from last night's action, anything stand out to you? Anything of importance? Anything that maybe hurt a team going into the home stretch uh, of the NBA regular season and leading in to the playing games for the 7, 8, 9, and 10 seeds in each conference? Yeah, I would say the saddest game, and it really shouldn't be sad, is that uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, Sacramento Kings, uh, maybe not the game before, but they're a team that actually is kind of on the fringe for the 11th or 10th spot uh, because it is just such an expanded playoffs. And it's they have so much talent on their team when you look at them. De'Aaron Fox was in ESPN's you know top seven in 2,525. And Buddy Heald is a great shooting guard. Harrison Barnes is having a career year. But on top of that, they're also statistically the worst defense of all time. Uh, I don't know. It's I don't know what I don't have any expectations for them. I don't. I'm not a fan of the team, obviously, but I still, for some reason, feel disappointed when I watch and listen to them. That's kind of one of the bigger games that had uh, jumped out on the page for me. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers blew a really late lead. Uh, they didn't have Damian Lillard, obviously. It shows how important he is. Kind of helps his MVP case because you know they're good on a play-to-play basis, but at the end of the day. Like he's the guy who's going to get it done for them. And uh, an important win for the Nuggets. Basically, Jokic has locked up MVP at this point. As long as he doesn't get hurt, you know, knock on wood, of course. He's still They're still winning in Jamal Murray's absence. Guys are stepping up, but he's definitely put his production in overdrive because he doesn't have to give up that ball so much. He's basically unstoppable. Uh, that was, yeah, it's just about it. Utah Jazz and Houston's nothing to talk about there. Uh, Brooklyn struggles so much without James Harden and Kevin Durant. As expected, any competent team that plays discipline is going to beat them in any night. It's kind of easy to bet against them, in my opinion. But basketball is its revving up here. Everyone's really fighting hard. And so I think Mark Cuban's words are already, like, he should be regret selling them because these teams may not be gearing up so heavy for the playoffs, especially, like, the difference between seven and eight seeded. It all feels so important, and so many teams are trying to get into those playing games, and I, I like it a lot. Spence, let's uh, quickly go over tonight's action. Uh, the TNT doubleheader had the Milwaukee Bucks at home against the Sixers. We talked about the Sixers. A uh, little bit of struggles here lately. They lose tonight to the Bucks, 124-117. It probably wasn't as close as the final score as the Bucks dominated from the first to the third quarter, and then the Sixers made a late run and outscored Milwaukee 30-16 to in the fourth quarter. But the Bucks win by seven points here. The Pelicans get a win tonight, 135-100 over Orlando. A really big victory for them. I, I don't think they're going to be able to find their way in one of these playing games, but there's still a little bit of time left, so we'll see what the Pelicans do down the stretch. Uh, the Spurs beat the Pistons tonight, 106-91. The Bulls beat the Hornets, 108-91. Nikola Jokic, 18 points, 16 rebounds for the Chicago Bulls. And the Boston Celtics, they beat the Phoenix Suns 99-86. I don't know what happened to the Suns tonight. I don't know if they were a little gassed or what have you, but scoring 86 points and losing to the Celtics by 13 is a bit of a surprise when they're fighting for that top overall seed. 42-17 and now on the year for the Suns. With a performance like that, Spence, uh, I'm going to be eyeing their next game and looking for a bounce-back spot for the Suns. Kind of an embarrassing spot, and I'm sure they want to get that sour taste out of their mouth after having such a great year up to this point. Uh, The second part of the TNT doubleheader, it should be final here coming soon. The Mavericks are leading the Lakers 114-110. It looks like with 18 seconds left, uh, the Mavericks uh, have pretty much sustained victory. The Lakers made a late run in the third quarter, but it looks like it's not going to be enough. Kristaps Porzingis left the game uh, late in the third quarter, I believe, early fourth quarter with an ankle sprain. He's he's always hurt, so I don't know what's going on with that guy. I mean, he's got to get it together. This guy was looked at to be a franchise number one or number two guy. He's down again with a rolled ankle. I mean, the Mavericks need him, and they need him healthy to make a run in the playoffs, and hopefully this isn't serious uh, for the Mavericks and for Christoph Porzingis. Spence, do we have any highlights from tonight's action? Yeah, lots of highlights. Uh, we'll start with – 
the Spurs, who are really fighting for that nine spot, and they'll probably get it. The Grizzlies are sliding pretty hard right now. That's just expected of a young team. Like, that's going to happen. But I love the Spurs core. I mean, moving forward, they have a lot of great guys on their team. Keldon Johnson, I'm a big fan of Devin Basil, is one of my favorite players coming into the draft. And uh, you have the point guard. His name has escaped my mind right now. Lonnie Walker. Uh, they're all in it together, and they're all making things happen. Take a look at Keldon Johnson here. Nasty dunk. George, this is a combination. Tomahawk windmill. Yeah, you're right. A tomahawk. There you go. There you go. <laughs> we punished the basket. That's for sure. Yeah, that was sick. I'll show a highlight here at the end of the Bucks game. Giannis, it's a nice turnaround. I think you mentioned it, though. Really close fourth quarter. They got outscored in, like, a lot. It's like 14 to 35, but they had such a big lead at that point. It's right up against that 10-second limit. And Giannis now going to work on Dwight Howard, man. That... Yeah, the Bucks are going to need a lot more of that from Giannis come playoff time, and he has not done that yet in his career. So we'll see if things will change now, because if he can, then they're definitely one of the best teams in the East, no doubt. We'll go on to the Pelicans game. I wanted to highlight one player, Billy Hernan Gomez, who was has been floating around for a bit, but I think he's finally having a really good season. Looks like he's getting more minutes for the Pelicans, too. Going to Dallas, where the Pels got him. And how about that block, Winion? That'll live. Billy in the post up with a double-double already. I'm going to jump hook. No, a step through. How about, up and under. How about not? Up and under. How about a- Great ball skills there. A rare, a rarity in today's game. Spence, uh, correct me, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, with the trade of Mele, he's getting a lot of minutes in place of where Mele was getting minutes for the Pelicans. Yeah, absolutely. And since then, uh, from what I've seen, he's been great. I know he's a little bit of a liability defensively, but I think there's always there's definitely a place for him on this team. Uh, oh, make Spence, place look, for I, I've seen him play a few times. There's more than a place for him. And he, he may not be that great in one-on-one defense, but he certainly can be a rim protector. And he's got a lot of skill offensively. This is what continues to baffle me about this Pelicans team. They have so much talent on this roster. Ernan Gomez is not somebody a lot of people have heard of, but like you said, you watch him play in games. He is very talented. And they traded away Mele, who was getting decent uh, minutes in, and he's getting those minutes because he's a productive player. They have got so much talent on this team. And the jump that Lonzo Ball made when he was healthy into the shooter, it just completely baffles me that with, with Hart, Ingram, Ball, Stephen Adams, Zion. You know, the list, <laughs> Zion, the list goes on that this team is not going to probably be in contention for a playoff spot. It's ridiculous. They get a win by 35 tonight, but then the night before, the night before that, they lose to a team that they should win. It's just happened throughout the year. Um, I'm not ready to jump completely off the Stan Van Gundy train after one year, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's just too quick to really pull the plug on a coach that, that quickly, but man, you just really, the expectation level should be much higher for the Pelicans. Yeah. And I think they should have gone after someone like Dave Yeager, who clearly has proven he way overperformed in Sacramento he had, in one of their best seasons in many years. I have no idea where they let that guy go. I think he was a really good coach. I think he was a good coach for Memphis, too. I was kind of sad when he left. Uh, I think you're, you're very right. Better. Dave Yeager yeah. is a fan, fantastic. I'm surprised he's not a head coach somewhere at the moment. Me, too. And I think he will be probably soon. And I think that's where he should have gone. I don't know if they interviewed him or not, but yeah. <laughs> It's hard to bet the Pelicans. They just seem to have these kinds of wins, and they just have absolute stinkers. I bet on them to beat Brooklyn the other night, and, of course, they lose to just Kyrie. I mean, really unacceptable the way they play defense. Uh, Only other highlight I have tonight is the Bulls, who seem to be playing pretty well without Zach Levine. He's out with COVID right now, and it's headed by Vucevic, and I think he enjoys kind of having that leeway. He likes taking the most shots, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Even when Zach Levine does come back, like they should let Vucevic cook first because he changes the way you have to play defense. White to Vucevic, strong drive, good dish, off to Tice, oh, and a Tice, foul. Tice, baby. This nice drive, nice little shovel pass, and Tice just powers it up. Tice is nice. Powered it up, get on the back. No one gets to ride for free, Mr. Yeah, and they got him for free, Daniel Tice, in that trade just because of the Celtics cast space situation. It's pretty nice. Uh they're, they're fighting for that playoff uh, spot, you know, that playing game, which is kind of sad. They should probably be a lot higher than that, but it's where they're at right now, and they're trying to make the best of it. Spence, I'm taking a look at the Eastern Conference standings right now, and the Wizards currently sit in the 10 spot at 25 and 33. The Bulls are only half a game in the loft column beside, behind them at 25 and 34. 
Now the Pacers at 27 and 31 and the Hornets at the eighth spot at 28 and 30. These teams could be falling out of these nine and 10 spots or eight, and nine spots because they're not playing good basketball. The Bulls have an opportunity if they can get Levine back to move up. The Wizards, I think, will be playing better than the Hornets and Pacers. So I easily see the Hornets and Pacers being the team that play themselves out of the 7, 8, 9, 10 spot. What are your thoughts, Spence? No, there's going to be a lot of movement there. And I'm, I actually really like the Wizards right now. They're, they're playing really well. And Westbrook's on a, an absolute tear. We kind of knew that, but it feels a little more impactful now. And I guess it's simply because they're winning the games. Uh, they're still really bad on defense, and that's not going to help them at all. Uh, but I think LaMelo Ball is coming back soon. We'll see how much of an impact that has. They said he was out for the season period, and that's what I hadn't thought. Now he's cleared to play basketball. Being come back soon enough, I think he can do enough for them. He was scoring like 20 points a game, and it's not too hard to compete. The Pacers just kind of seem like they're falling apart. I don't know why they hired the new coach that they did. They didn't even give a good thought on their future, but they've been unhealthy, and they're, they just lost Miles Turner, so they're basically all the way out. I think the Pacers might just tank all the way down to the bottom because Miles Turner does so much for them. Uh, but it's one of the more fun races to watch, especially because of expanded playoffs. I know a lot of people don't like it, but the East in particular is even more uh, interesting than the West. I, I agree with that. And look, I think the Hornets need LaMelo Ball back because they're not playing very good right now. And they were playing quite well when he was healthy. They're in the yeah. eighth spot right now. But look, the Bulls are gaining on him. The Wizards are gaining on him. They're going to have to win games. Uh, how many games we got left here? Let's just take a guess here. The Wizards like 15, 30, I think. Yeah, 33 and 25. That's 58, 68. Uh, yeah, about 15 games left spent in the regular season. It's fun to watch. If you're a basketball fan, you like this extended, expanded playoff. And like you just said, Spence, this is going to be fun to watch down the stretch because you've got teams that made some moves down. And the deadline, you've got possibly LaMelo Ball coming back healthy. It's going to be fun basketball to watch. And hopefully we'll have some fans in the stands. Let's keep it in the NBA, Spence, and talk about Dwayne Wade, who maybe you have some uh, some more information on this than I do, Spence, but I know that Dwayne Wade is now putting his name in the hat or has officially become involved as part owner of the Utah Jazz. Do you have any idea how this came about with D. Wade uh, and why the Jazz? Yeah, so basically what I've heard about the story is that he was also in talks to be part owner of the Miami Heat, and there was actually a little bit of salty words said by somebody in the ownership group for the Heat – uh, so I don't know why there was like bad words there. Probably just a numbers game, I would imagine. But he was looking to be on the prowess, and he seems really excited about the opportunity. He says he's going to bring a lot more than his basketball history. I don't really know what that means, but he clearly wants to be a part of the day, the day in and day out stuff. There's a lot of political stuff around it too, about like why they did it, and this kind of like makes them look good because the Utah Jazz have had some sort of weird reputation for saying something, but everybody's upset about something all the time. I think this was just more of him looking to get into bigger business, uh, even, you know, his expertise is basketball, but clearly this is a whole different thing than coaching or like being in a GM spot. This is like serious money. We're talking about owning a part of an NBA team. Uh, I don't know like how much I trust Dwayne Wade to make big business decisions for the Utah Jazz. I doubt he will. He could probably just be more of a figurehead. And I think he like may end up getting his feelings hurt because of that. But we'll see. I think it's really nice to see, you know, someone like him have representation uh, in an NBA team. That's the voice of Spencer Ostrowski. You can follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. This is the rest stop. We come to you every Tuesday and Thursday, 9 to 10 o'clock Pacific time. Please watch us live on twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. Give us some subscribes and likes there. If you missed any part of the show live, make sure you check out the audio podcast version on any of the podcasting platforms at Landry Football Conference Call. The rest stop will be underneath there. And LandryFootball.com, you can search all the content there. Click on the Twitch page and the Landry Football content. The rest stop podcast is underneath there as well. And give a like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Brad the Believer, it's got all the podcasting replays, audio and visual version of the podcast posted uh, twice a week at Brad the Believer on YouTube. Spence, some of the big news today and some of the talking points around sports media and around the media, LeBron James. And LeBron James had a tweet that he took down and deleted. Uh, Do we have that tweet, Spence? And if you can tell the uh, listening and viewing audience what the tweet was here and for the people just listening on the podcast, the picture that you're showing as well. Yeah, so this was, uh, you know, deleted, obviously. But 
made a lot of rounds. Uh, this is a cop that was involved in another shooting recently. I'm not sure of his name, but, uh, you know, I don't, a lot of people took it as him trying to, like, incite violence amongst people. And it's a weird statement, right? Because we've never really seen a top sports figure in any sport kind of take these really bold kind of stances on things. It's kind of been more mysterious, a little more general, kind of like, uh, you know, Michael Jordan was about like, don't do drugs, all that kind of stuff. But LeBron is very much heavily involved in these kinds of things on a daily basis. And I criticize him a lot. And it's probably like pretty bad, like what he said. I I don't think when I saw it, I was freaking out like everybody else. But that's just the nature of the way we have media now, where everything has to be 100 times more when I think people really kind of understand what he's trying to say here. Even it's just why would he do that? I, I don't know. It's just a dumb move, honestly. Spence, wasn't there another tweet by LeBron that said something about he's sick and tired of all of this happening or whatever? I'm going to try to pull up the tweet. Do you know which one I'm referring to or not off the top of your head? Uh, yeah, it was posted on his Twitter recently. Um, well, he, if he, you know, he had to, he had a backpedal on this thing all the time, but he kind of went forward with it too, trying to say like his message was pure, and he said people were using his message wrong. He's kind of in a tough social media spot right now, and I know he loves his social media. Okay, here's what image. I'm reading. Here's what I'm reading, Spence, from April 21st. LeBron James, I'm so damn tired of seeing black people killed by police. I took the tweet down because it's being used to create more hate. This isn't about one officer. It's about the entire system, and they always use our words to create more racism. I am so desperate for more accountability in all capitals. Spence, on, on in all honesty, I am a huge LeBron James fan. I think this guy has done it the right way for most of his career. He's had no off-the-court issues. The guy has his expectation level has been higher than any professional athlete or almost human being that you can almost think of in the last few decades. The guy has got such a spotty off the um, such a spotless off the court reputation. I, I don't have a ton negative to say about LeBron James the person. Here's my only thing, Spence. When you are and you've become what LeBron James is. Now somebody, let's pull up, let me pull up the Twitter here. LeBron James has 49 and a half million followers on Twitter. Probably just that many or more on Instagram. He is an absolute global icon to say the least. This guy Spence, LeBron James is as influential and now in the category of an Oprah Winfrey, of a Jay-Z, of a Bill Gates, of an Elon Musk. We're talking about the elite of the elite. This guy is Michael Jordan. If he's not a billionaire now, he's going to be one times 10 in the next five years. So when you're on that level, Spence, I am a firm believer to whom much is given, much is required. And if you want to say something and you have something, I think the expectation level should be, the bar should be raised much higher. Has LeBron James done a lot for the voting community in the United States this past election? Certainly. Has he done a lot for Northeast Ohio with some of his housing and schooling that he's provided? Yes, he has. But Spence, when you come out on Twitter to 50 million followers on Instagram and you make statements that paint a picture like you were so outraged, in my opinion, you have a numerous amount of choices to make when you're ready to make a statement to showing that you will not take anymore and you were that frustrated. Either you com- you commit yourself, I'm not going to say fully, but you commit yourself almost entirely to being the change that you want to see. And I don't know if that means starting your own uh, process of training people in authority positions of schooling. And if you have to start these things in every city that there is an NBA franchise across the league, you have the money to do it. Don't just sit there and talk about it and not back it up. It's not enough for me, Spence, for you to say, I don't hear Bill Gates, Oprah Winfrey, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos. I don't hear Jay-Z. I don't hear them commenting with such passion about these subjects on social media. If they were, I'd be giving them the same type of information that I'm throwing out for LeBron James. All I'm saying 
is my the expectation level of the court of public opinion when you are put on this pedestal you are now the elite of the elite with your financial lucrativity or stability however you want to describe it your social global influence like i said is in the top 10 in the entire planet when you are that influential and you go and you say stuff like you said after the Ahmad Aubrey shooting, that we are hunted on a daily basis. And you're now speaking for all people of color. When you say this, you're not, you're painting the brush, not of you, LeBron, but you're pointing it of everyone. We, when you say we, you're not being specific. So you're categorizing people, even though you may not have meant that to come across that way. That's the way it's taken by millions and millions of people, because you're not overly specific with what you're, with what you're saying. And if you're logical, we know that that's not factual. And everybody's experience in this country is different on in every race. It's that's just fact. Okay, if, if I'm, I'm telling you, Spence, this is not opinion. Every person, whether they're white, black, brown, or whatever, has a different experience that is not the same to the next person of that color. And it's not fair to be able to continue to categorize people based on that. It's What it's doing is it's continuing the racial divide. It's continuing the political divide. And it's exactly what people that are elite want to happen because they don't want, pe- they don't want the average humans gathering together and being compassionate, loving, fruitful, and helping each other grow. They like this division. Because it keeps them in power. And I don't understand why people are so blind to see this. Okay? I mean, I'm I'm not the only one here that's got friends all across the United States. I grew up in a different in a different state than Nevada. I've lived in different places. I've played sports. You have as well, Spence. You were in the military. I'm not speaking a foreign language here. And I'm not speaking for all people. But I guarantee you everybody has a different story that's not the same as the way LeBron James LeBron James tweets it out to be. So it's not fair to the people of color that have not lived that experience, that, that you're not speaking for. It's not fair to speak for them in that way when you're doing that with the painted brush. So all I'm saying is the expectation level is much higher LeBron. And if you're going to come out like this, you, I'm asking you to do more. If you have a platform as a billionaire and as one of the most influential global people in the entire planet to build academies in every city, state, in the United States, globally, everywhere, across the globe, you can do this. It's easy for you to do, to put a team together. When you have billions, I'm going to say it's easy, Spencer the Wiz, when you have billions to make things happen. Bill Gates gives money away because he has too much. Am I wrong here saying a billionaire is easy for them to financially fund things that are productive? Am, am, am I making this up? I know I'm not a billionaire, but I'm just being logical here, Spence. Please correct me if I'm if I'm wrong here. Yeah, the thing is, is you have to be careful in that position of power where you're not just one of the dudes. You're not some guy on Twitter that, you know, people, you're not an influencer. No, you are a public figure. Like You represent a lot of people who have been through struggles, people of color, the whole nine yards. And to... Again, I'm not saying his message necessarily was wrong about accountability, but when you present it like that, you have to know that people are going to be reading into everything you do because there's nothing that you can say or do in public that will not be noticed by somebody and reported upon. That's how important he is. And uh, I don't know. I, I also think that part of this is the whole media problem where we're just like clinging on everyone's words, waiting for somebody to say anything so we can talk about it for three hours and psychoanalyze it and... And so we're also part of the problem when it comes to here. But again, it's something that we've never seen before. Woj and Shams were both reporting on the Derek Chauvin, uh, you know, like case. It's just very strange to see sports reporters. And I get that they're kind of tied together at this point. Uh, So it's something you just have to kind of get used to. And LeBron absolutely just has to think more about what his message is and how people will perceive it because he's done that so much for about his playing career, but not so much about his private life in the past year or so. Well, Spence, I know we, we pick it apart here in the media and so many people do, but LeBron's the one continuing to put himself in these conversations by being so outspoken every time that there is an incident involving anybody, it seems like. And he's, he's wanting to put, 
his opinion and he wants to put his thoughts out there every single time. And you have to know being as globally influential as he is, that every word that he says is going to be analyzed. That comes with the territory of being LeBron James. And so that's why I've said not only on this show on other shows multiple times that LeBron James should be extremely calculated on every single word that comes out of his mouth and on to his computer screen that goes public. It, that's just how it is. And I personally don't think that he's vilified enough for some of the stuff he says. I mean, not saying that – I'm just saying when, when you're that high profile – You've got to know that every single thing is scrutinized. And, and like I said, I don't see Oprah Winfrey and other billionaires coming out every time something happens and and approaching it the way LeBron's approaching it. No, I, I agree with you. Uh, it's it's not something that maybe he wished for, but he, he's got it now and there's no going back. And it's going to be like this for the rest of his life. That's part of the price you pay for being the greatest athlete, you know, in the United States, pretty much Tom Brady's the same way. And Tom Brady has chosen a much more private lifestyle. Uh, he talks about football and that's about it. He will never answer questions about anything else. And you got to respect him for that because otherwise like, it's going to be exactly like this. And even if you have good intentions, like no matter what it is, like even if it's more clear cut than this, it's always going to be someone upset by it. Spence. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever have the chance to meet LeBron James or Tom Brady personally and have a conversation with them. Um, I am fans of both of them and I'll be fans of both of them through the entirety of their career present and post. I think uh, now that changed with Michael Jordan. I was a fan of Michael Jordan as a player uh, over the last 15, 20 years. I am not a, no longer a fan of Michael Jordan. So I don't know if that will change with LeBron and with Tom Brady, but as of now, as players, I'm huge fans of theirs and, and, and I will not back down from that based on what they say on Twitter. Now, of course, I'm going to continue to reserve my rights to change my opinion as time goes on and to see how they continue to carry themselves on and off the court based on my fandom. I, nobody cares about what I think uh, about them personally, but you know, uh, I am curious to see how LeBron continues to evolve in some of the things he's passionate about on and off the court. I think on the court um, he's of course, he's going to be remembered as one of the top two players ever to play the game, in my opinion. Um, I, I don't know that LeBron – I don't think LeBron really cares what I think or what anybody thinks about his tweets, but he does in some capacity because he took down the one he initially sent. Um, I, I I don't think this would affect LeBron's – any of LeBron's sponsorship opportunities and even endorsement deals. Um, I think there is potential, though, if he continues to be outspoken and he continues to kind of fire shots – uh, at law enforcement, I think that possibility could be there. He is so influential, though. I don't know that anybody can kind of tear him down. So um, Le LeBron certainly pretty much has the world at, at his disposal. Even if saying things like this, there's not going to be consequences for LeBron James. He's too powerful, Spence, and he's only going to get more powerful. Um, and that could be great or that could be scary based on how outspoken and how passionate LeBron is about certain things. We'll have to wait and see, and we'll kind of have to monitor it a month at a time. So it's very interesting. And it's very interesting to really see how much power that this human being is going to have at his disposal the next five to 10 years. Cause I think it's very, a lot, a lot of power and a lot more than people even can imagine that he might have at this point. Spence, I want to move on to something that happened here locally uh, in Las Vegas with the professional hockey team, the Golden Knights, goaltender Robin Leonard uh, had a press conference yesterday and talked about his not only his team, but the athletes in the NHL uh, kind of being mistreated for the conditions that they're in. He had a press conference and he had some words, Spence. Do we have some of those words ready? Yep. Some point we got to start looking at the mental health of people around us, not just NHL, but everyone in society and see how can we start getting back to normalcy because the problem is going to be huge. But being lied to us about things changing to for, kind of force us to take the vaccine. Unacceptable. And to now when we have taken the vaccine to have the excuse of saying, nah, it's not we're not changing because of competitive advantage. It's outrageous. 
Spence, you, you start this one off. What are your thoughts on what Robin Leonard had to say, being forced to take the COVID vaccine and then still kind of being locked up in a sense? Uh, what did you take away from what he had to say? Yeah, I mean, it can be very frustrating. Uh, you know, basically, we've been on lockdown for the past year for good reason, of course, but that's not easy. Some of the hardest things to do in life are, is just to be alone, alone with your thoughts. And after a while of stewing and not being able to kind of do any of the normal things that you're used to, being around other human beings, especially, uh, you know, being close to them, talking to them, not feeling like everybody is out to like almost kill you. That's kind of been the storyline here. Uh, you know, they've tried to counteract that with commercials about how great it is and being in this together, but it's more than that, right? Like we have to live these every day. It's not, a, we don't live inside of a commercial. And I think he's speaking on that. Uh, people who are vaccinated, who like cannot get the the virus, but you know, they, there should be something to go along with that, right? Because eventually we have to start going back to normal. And, you know, Nevada is like number four in the uh, country and getting people vaccinated. So we're doing really well. And there's just nothing else to kind of go along with that. And, you know, specifically with the, if they promised him or they promised the players to have more lax situations, then they have to go through with that. Uh, it's a give and take type of system. Like we all want to be safe, but we all have to also think about ourselves and like, just going back and living our lives again. Spencer the Wiz, follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. You can check out the rest stop every Tuesday and Thursday, 9 to 10 o'clock Pacific time, LandryFootball.com, twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football, and any of the podcasting platforms, Landry Football Conference Call. And then, of course, my live Twitter, Instagram at Brad the Believer, Brad Restituto on Facebook. Spence, let's talk NFL draft. NFL draft less than 10 days away. We've talked about it kind of, I would say, I wouldn't say overkill, but certainly very passionate about some of the top five picks at the quarterback position. We're, we're coming right away and I've had a change of heart and it's not where you would think. It's not with the number three overall selection that the San Francisco 49ers hold. I am now convinced that the Jets at number two that their selection possibly of Zach Wilson is a smokescreen. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that they, I think I'm convincing myself, Spence, that Justin Fields, who was thought of to be the number two overall quarterback prospect from pretty much beginning to end up until recently, I think Justin Fields is the pick at number two. I think he's the safer pick. I think he's got the higher ceiling. And I think Zach Wilson being a one-year permanent starter and his stats not blowing away before, I think that's too risky for the Jets. And I think the Jets wow. surprise everyone and take Justin Fields number two. And then the San Francisco 49ers have an opportunity for Wilson, Lance, or Mac Jones at number three. I could be way off here, but I think that that's a smart move by the Jets. If I'm the GM of the Jets, that's the guy I'm taking to lead my franchise in the next decade. I'm not convinced, and I don't think anybody should be convinced that Zach Wilson, uh, like a Mitchell Trubisky, who was, had a one year as a starter uh, in the ACC conference, a better conference more so than the independent BYU Cougars, um, had success at North Carolina. Zach Wilson had success at BYU. I think the Jets fool us all and take Justin Fields. Like, I'm probably way off because the 49ers made this trade to move up to number three after Zach Wilson's pro day, which it seemed pretty well within the brasks of the Jets that they fell in love with Zach Wilson, and that's the guy they're taking it to. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say Justin Fields is the guy that the Jets have had a change of heart and are thinking more uh, along the ways of putting a franchise back in winning ways, not the loserville that the Jets have been in in the past two decades, I would say. No, I don't think that's egregious at all. It, it wouldn't surprise me. Everyone's just kind of said the narrative of Zach Wilson, but I haven't heard too much media about it other than that. I guess the Jets haven't denied it to say. Uh, I think if he was available, that's who the 49ers would take at three. I think they would love to have Zach Wilson just because he's able to make those impromptu throws, which could really just change the whole way the 49ers offense works. Uh, I mean, that was kind of like what we all thought the Jets would be taking Justin Fields at two. That was the dominating narrative throughout the entire season. Yep. Although I'll tell you what is egregious about the top 10. To me, I heard on the NFL Network the other day that the Broncos, uh, or no, who was it? Oh, the Panthers, excuse me. The Panthers would take some sort of quarterback situation and have a competition 
there's no way. I mean, you're not purposely trading a second round pick and a lot of other assets for Sam Darnold just as like see if he's good enough to play in the NFL. Like obviously they believe on some sort of level that he's their starting quarterback and it would make absolutely no sense for them to take one of the guys be available to them. And I think the Broncos absolutely are going quarterback. I've seen some things about that. Uh, if anyone's going to move up and like take one of these good quarterbacks, it's probably going to be maybe the Vikings. <laughs> we know they've kind of had that conversation or the pant or the, uh, the Patriots. Uh, I, I really do believe that there is going to be five quarterbacks taken in the first round. And I don't think it's going to go in the same order that we think someone's going to go really far up and they could be trading. The dolphins may trade back again. There's already been reports uh, about them doing that. And we know they're not taking a quarterback of course. So I don't know why they moved up in six, like for any reason, but if they can move back and get some good assets, like even if it's just maybe a couple spots or if it's really far back, maybe you set yourself for such a long time. I'm not sure. Uh, but this is going to be really exciting. This is the most excitement we've had inside the top 10 for a draft in a really long time. Usually it's like a lot centered around these defensive players, but to, you know, I think probably like six or eight of the top 10 is all going to be offense. And then there might only be one defensive guy actually taken in the top 10. Patrick Sertain, everyone thinks is going to go 10th through the Cowboys. Uh, and then everyone else will trickle back. So there's going to be a lot of great defensive talent that goes farther back simply because of how unique of a draft we have this year. Uh, it's, I'm so excited. I'm, I've been scouting a lot. I'm done with the first round. And uh, I'm going to know who the Raiders should be taking uh, at the 17th spot. But, of course, Mike Mayak will completely ignore that. Take somebody no one's ever heard of uh, that was supposed to go on day two. And, and it'll bum me out even more. But, yeah, uh, NFL draft is awesome. Yeah, I can't wait, Spence. I'm going to address two teams you discussed, the Patriots and the Vikings. First, the Patriots. Uh, I do think that they would like to have a quarterback. I do not think that they move up in the first round to get one. I don't know why the public, the media, uh, the Patriots haven't said this yet, and they certainly haven't made a move to release him. Why is Jarrett Stidham not in the conversation to be the future of the New England Patriots? Mm -hmm. This guy is not in his sixth or seventh year. He was thought to be the starter last year but when Cam Newton – uh, ended up taking over that position. I still think Jared Stidham can be the future of the New England Patriots, and nobody's talking about that. If the Patriots weren't high on Stidham at all, why not trade him now? Why not trade him before the season? Why not get rid of him? They clearly think this guy is going to be on the roster because he has the ability uh, to possibly be the future of this team. I think he is. I really do. I really think Jared Stidham wow. should be the future of the New England Patriots. If he's not, I think he deserves an opportunity to maybe back up somewhere. But this is going to be a huge, a very huge season for Jared Stidham. He's going to have the opportunity in the offseason, which he did not have last year because of COVID, which is going to be very beneficial for him and offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels. This is a crucial, crucial year for Jared Stidham to make that step up to solidify himself as the backup and the future of the Patriots. I do not see the Patriots moving up. They have not done it in years past. That's not Bill Belichick's style. I don't think he does it here. I think there's an opportunity that they take a rookie quarterback at some point in this draft within uh, rounds two through five. Um, there, there is some good quarterbacks. There's Ian Book. There's Kellen Mond. Uh, some really good guys that were very productive in college um, that will be available. Davis Mills. Um, Kyle Trask, who played at the University of Florida. So I think there is some solid quarterbacks. I don't. They, they clearly don't stack up to the first two. Um, but I do think there's some guys that can be very good backups and potential starters in the NFL. Spence, I mean, you, you go down the list of starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Not every one of them is a first-round draft pick. So there's guys that can be very productive in this league based on the offensive coaches and based on the pieces around him. Let's hit the Vikings. Uh, Kirk Cousins statistically is a top five quarterback in the NFL, statistically. Um, I don't know that he's the guy that's going to be able to win you playoff games and championship games. That being said, I think the Minnesota Vikings should move back from the 14th pick because they don't have a second round pick due to the trade before the season with the Ravens for Yannick and Dockway. I'm sorry, with the Jaguars, they acquired Yannick and Dockway from the Jaguars and then they traded in Dockway from Minnesota to Baltimore. But in the process of acquiring him from Jacksonville, they gave up the 45th overall pick in the second round. So the Vikings do not have a second round pick. I think it'd be smart for the Vikings to maybe move back a couple spots because I think at 14, Spence, there's going to be some guys that drop, some really talented players that were expected to maybe go higher. And due to the quarterback influx in the draft, I think they're going to be available at 14. And I think it behooves the Vikings to be smart and trade back a little bit, acquire 
maybe a second round pick, two future second round picks to move back two or three spots. Rick Spielman's been very good, very, very good in the draft of acquiring picks and trading around. He's been one of the best. I think he does it again here. I think the Vikings are still able to land either a defensive lineman or a solid offensive lineman in the first round. Uh, how fantastic would it be if you get one of those top receivers like Jalen Waddle or Devonta Smith, who's now been criticized due to his weight here in the last 48 hours or so, weighing in at 166 pounds. Imagine having Devonta Smith, Heisman Trophy winner, Adam Thielen, and Justin Jefferson with Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins. You're talking about a really, really dangerous offense at that point. The Vikings have added Dalvin Tomlinson and Michael Pierce will be back to help solidify that defensive line who was awful last year. Daniil Hunter should be back healthy. Eric Hendricks, Anthony Barr. So you have some talent. You still have some young guys in that secondary for the Vikings. I think they should trade back. I don't think the Patriots will move up. You talked about the Dolphins, Spence. The Dolphins are, are one of the more uh, fantastic stories Brian Flores has done an awesome job. They've acquired so much draft capital. They could probably move back and forth some more and acquire more. I think they're going to build this team through the draft. And I think, uh, I know the win totals are outspent in Vegas, and maybe we'll get to that next week. Uh, but I would love to bet futures on the Dolphins. If they had a prop out there, will the Dolphins make an AFC title game in the next five years? I would bet yes an AFC title game. I think wow. it's really tough to get to the Super Bowl, but I told you last year that I thought the Bills would get to the title the title game. I made a bet. I won that bet. They, they got to the title game. It was going to be tough to get to the Super Bowl. They weren't able to do that. They didn't play their best game, but I think the Dolphins, I think the Bills, and I think the Chargers have an opportunity to make a move. Um, I think there's some teams that can get to that championship game. And I think, Spence, the Patriots are going to be a better team than they were last year. Absolutely. Last year. Um, they, I think they have an opportunity to compete for one of those extra playoff spots. So I think the NFL season this year, I think the, the parity continues to close. Spence, the lowest win totals on the board in Vegas, the Houston Texans at four and a half wins, the Detroit Lions at five and a half wins. So you're telling me Jacksonville, Cincinnati, Arizona, uh, New Orleans, who is going to be probably a lot worse. Philadelphia, the a, the whole NFC East, these teams are expected to win six or more games, five or more games. Uh, this is going to be really fun to watch. I really want to get into the win totals uh, myself and you next week. Um, and, and I would love to talk about that because the draft is going to be here right before we know it. Know it. Speaking of the draft, Spence, there is a high likelihood that the rest stop will not be airing next Thursday, which is the first night of the draft, because Chris Landry, who does Chris Landry football, um, his podcast, they're going to be doing a live draft show on the Twitch channel. So mm -hmm. we could do live on Twitter or Facebook. We're just going to skip that night, have everyone enjoy the draft, and please watch, watch what Chris Landry does uh, as far as on the Landry Football Twitch channel covering the NFL draft. If that changes, we will let you know. But as of now, we will only have one show next week, and it will be on Tuesday. Spence, as we finish up tonight's show, let's briefly hit on UFC 261 coming up on Saturday. A really nice card in the UFC. I know you're a UFC fan. The main event has Usman versus Masvidal. Uh, Rose Matiunas is in the uh, women's final along with uh, Jessica Andrade and Shevchenko. Uh, Weidman's going to fight Uriah Hall. Spence, this is a really good card, UFC 261. Yeah, and look at Usman, by the way, if you've never seen him fight. This guy's a monster. Yeah, so it's it's good. I, it's a rematch between them. I think this is a second fight. But the woman fight, I'm really interested. She's the best UFC fighter, bar none. Uh, in you'll see it. She's just on the ground on with her hands. It doesn't matter. She's on top of the, and if she has a chance to do it, man, uh, if anyone has a chance to do, it, I guess it'll be this girl, but she seems unstoppable for the time being. That's UFC 261. It'll happen this Saturday. Masaval Usman and we've got Monte Yunus. We've got Chris Weidman on the card. Uh, we've got Vitaly Shevchenko and Jessica Andre. It should be a really good card. It's Usman Masvidal 2, UFC 261 this Saturday. I want to thank Spencer the Wiz. You can follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. 
Brad Restituto, your host at Brad the Believer. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Check out the podcast version of the show, any of your podcasting platforms, Landry Football Conference Call. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Enjoy your sports. NFL draft coming up in less than two weeks. Have a great night, everybody. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.